can a love of knowledge lead you into heresy? The Access More Podcast Network has faith-based shows about culture, family, and entertainment without all the other noise so you can discover inspiring conversations easier. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey, what's up? Hello, welcome to the Pantry Podcast. Ooh. Jesus, not junk food. Yes, we are going to open up the pantry day and look at some interesting things. Yes, this has been a fun <laughs> chat we've had for a while, actually, on the side. And I think we're finally, we finally feel equipped enough to delve into it lovingly for, for an episode of the show. Well, at least dive into it. <laughs> well, my job is to always try to make it sound more lovingly for my end because I can be a little prickly cactus over here. So I like to I, not smack people around as much, but somehow I end up doing that. I think that no matter what we do in Christianity, we're going to smack somebody. Well, yeah, no, that's, and, that's and, and, the and beauty every, of it. Right, and not everybody's going to agree, and then people are going to come, come at this way or they're going to agree and come this way. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes we just sit here in our in our discoveries. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that when we sit here and we start to look at the world, we start to look at Christianity and we start to look at how things are playing out mm -hmm. and we start to see like the world falling apart because <laughs> I mean, really for a lack of a more, better, for a lack of better term. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't feel like it's falling apart in your area. Okay, cool. But let me tell you something where we live and, and what we see and what we see on the news mm -hmm. and what we see happening in the Christian, in the Christian sphere and also outside of the Christian sphere. I'd have to say that there is definitely something going on that just ain't right. And mm -hmm. it doesn't align with the Bible. Right. And I think this episode when we're going to talk about overthinking, mm -hmm. because I think when I think, see, there I go, I'm thinking, <laughs> but no, I know that I can overthink. Right. I know that when I start to overthink, I start going down into rabbit holes. I go this direction. I go this direction. Then I start thinking it's this, this direction. And I come out and I'm just, and when I actually come out of it, I'm right back where I started because there's only one place to start. And that's, that's where we want to reiterate that the Holy Spirit, the Lord is faithful. <laughs> and when we lean into him above our own desired outcomes, preconceived notions, mm. our own addictions to knowing more, then he will realign us back in. And often what you see is a combination of a addiction to more knowledge, which we'll get into in a second. And you might even not know that you have fallen into that. And it's not always a lifelong addiction. It doesn't actually need to be a lifelong addiction to cause damage. But that paired with a type of rebellion against what God's word plainly says, this opinion that his word can't stand on its own, that he made some kind of discrepancy. He left something out. His infinite power and wisdom and love for us mm -hmm. and his desire for us to be saved isn't enough to protect God's word. There is something wrong. There is something amiss. We have completely missed something that completely changes what it means. And now apostasy, now heresy, now backsliding, now struggle. And I think that that is something that you or your friends and family, your loved ones might deal with now or in the future. It's something you might've experienced yourself. I know I've experienced it a few times, not all the, all the way to heresy, but these doubts and these fears that come when you're like, oh no, did I get it wrong? Especially when you're conversating. I think, I think, you know, one thing that we do and you should be doing as a Christian, maybe you're not, maybe, maybe you're in the bubble or you're not in the bubble. But when we start to get out and we get out into society, we get out in the culture, we get out in, the, in amongst Christians. Mm -hmm. There's so many different takes mm -hmm. on what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. 
And I like what you were saying, though, about how sometimes people think it's incomplete. It's like, hold on. They don't like, trust. Like, I, I got to go to the Apocrypha because the Bible hasn't told me enough. And I'm like, right. wait, hold up a second. Right. But the Bible is supposed to be the inerrant word of God, a complete package to understand the mystery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to the degree <laughs> to which we are supposed to understand the mystery. I think that's another component of it. And we're going to come back to that word yeah. because that's that's a word that I think gets a lot of people in trouble. They hear this, the mystery, the mystery. And, and I don't know that if they're unpacking the Bible correctly or what gets involved in that, the overthinking on that, like constantly like wanting to know, oh, gosh, people and society need to know. Now, I'm like the opposite. Now, Michelle was sit there. Somebody like I think this is how this works. right? Usually it's like somebody dies. And she's like, how did they die? And I'll be like, no, actually, oh, you're not. Okay. But there are, but, but (laughs) there are certain times where there's certain details I find more relevant in the moment than others. Like I won't always ask, oh my gosh, how'd they die? Even if I secretly sometimes wonder, right? I don't ask that. But if it, if it impacts something I know, like it, but it comes down to me not ever being black or white and right. that being frustrating but <laughs> no but i i have, but rel- by, I have yeah, relatives, friends, relatives i yeah. have relatives that like they hear something they literally like will google it to find out more and they're like frustrated if they can't find out more i'm like uh <laughs> it's gonna be all right like you just need to pray <laughs> and then there's then there's me i not that i don't care that they passed Right. Yeah. You just don't. I just don't have that desire to need to know ever. Like there's never in my mind where it's like, ooh, wait. (laughs) Right. Now, there are some things that look I I get caught up into as well. I got to know this. I got to know this. There's knowledge here. There's knowledge Mm -hmm. here, man. I've gone down this road in the Bible. I've gone down this road in the Bible. Mm -hmm. You hear this. You're like, wait, hold on. Did I get that right? Wait, am I not getting that right? I think that's another thing that happens. And it's valid because we don't want this episode to tell you never question what you've heard the first time. Because here's the other danger is if you've heard something for the first time that's absolutely incorrect, then you're standing in the same place mentally as the person who has heard the truth or something that is a lot more true from the very beginning. And we're not saying that whatever you just heard first is the thing you should trust and run with because there is rightly dividing scripture. There is the idea of being a Berean and being like the Bereans who checked everything that the apostles told them against the scripture they had access to and asked deep questions to clarify and make sense and make sure that everything lined up. There's a difference between due diligence and an obsession and a paranoia and a fear and all those things aren't of God, you know, and yet those things because of a desire, a legitimate desire to want to please God and be right, you can end up descending into a pit Mm. of useless knowledge or false knowledge, you know, and that's very important to rely on the Lord and like kind of listen to what we were trying to unpack this episode to figure out like, okay, how do I not venture into these, these dark dissensions while still actually valuing and wanting to pursue truth? And I, I like that pursuing truth. Cause we gotta, we gotta be balanced. Mm-hmm. We have to be balanced, but I also know that there's times because they're watch, <laughs> I want to start this witch Berean <laughs> because there are so many claimable people who claim to be Bereans, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have their own take. Exactly. Oh my gosh, systematic theology. Like as I was studying in school and going through yeah. all this and, and going through ordination, it was like, 
okay, you got Lewis Perry Schaefer over here. You've got people over here. You know, you got different, different systematic theologies. Right. And it's like, and when you read through them, I'll tell you the one thing that's always common, it's the gospel. Mm-hmm. The one thing that is always common is Jesus came, he died on the cross. When those who believe in him, right, then they receive eternal life, right? Mm-hmm. And now now how they believe that, of course, that gets clouded. You know, mm-hmm. like you got the Calvinists on one side, you got, you know, you got the Arminists on the other side. And it's like, okay, so then where do you go? And I know where the fear comes from because mm-hmm. as we start to see the world fall apart and we start to see things going badly. Mm-hmm. And we come across verses like 2 Timothy 3, uh, uh, 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4, right? It says, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. Oh, boy. <laughs> Whoo! Now, now it just throws up red flags everywhere. Is this right? Is this right? Is exactly. This right? Is it this makes right? you paranoid right? from the jump, especially if you're like pre-trib and believe that things get worse and worse. You expect more and more deception, right? Right. Though, like the wicked will be deceived and like, or will go around deceiving and being deceived. It's like, okay, mm. well, I'm just expecting more and more deception. So I would even say, a struggle for someone who is a pre-trib person is the paranoia effect mm. that can come. It doesn't. It's not required, and you actually shouldn't have it. And you should d- walk in tension with that and figure it out. But I would say that that's one of the things I've seen more with them than the post mill and post mill crowd. That's like we're already in it. We here build the kingdom, and like they're less paranoid. Right. But everyone falls and succumbs to the same issues, no matter what their end times position is so it's not necessarily heavy for one or the other <laughs> and it gets more confusing yeah it does. because this one's talking about a person not wanting to like follow the bible right but like place their own needs and desires into the bible therefore they only have to read sections of the bible mm-hmm. in order to come to the conclusion where they want to live exactly and then you have the other side they're looking for wolves <laughs> and, she, and she's clothing. and then they start thinking <laughs> right. that like the disciples themselves are the wolves Right. Mm. And that people who have translated the Bible are the wolves. And then that's almost what they have come to is almost like you can see the devil working on the Christians in that mindset as much as in the world. Because what does that lead to? What is truth? Right. What is real? Right. My truth is my truth. And the difference is their truth becomes this dogma everyone has to believe mm. within the Christian spirit or you're deceived. Right. Well, in the world, that's not much different. If you don't agree with what the world is it is requiring you to believe, then you don't have a job or you're a bigot or right. your kids get, you know, indoctrinated, you know, under unbeknownst to you, you know, all kinds of things can happen. So then how do we get ourselves from rolling down into heresy? Mm-hmm. I think, no, I'm going to state on this. <laughs> I'm not going to throw out I think because I, I, I am going to make a statement here. Mm-hmm. Now, the other day we had the men's breakfast. So we have a once a month men's breakfast and we're talking about this kind of in, in a way, right? You know, like digging into the word, making sure that you unpack the word, making sure that you test the word, make sure that you, you know, you're listening to the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, we also know that like from 1 Corinthians 2, that if you don't have the spirit, you'll never understand the Bible. Uh, not not in the sense that that God wants to unpack it into us, right? Yeah. Because we got to have that spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. But when we start looking at how to avoid heresy, I think we really have to go back to the simplicity. We like to get in battles. We like to get in wars and fights over pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, and all of the other things in between. But there's one thing that has always stayed the same. And when we start looking at what has stayed the same, 
is Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's Jesus, I said already, but Jesus and that cross mm -hmm. and the redemption and the restoration that comes from that cross. Right. Now that doesn't mean that we don't test and we don't say things, we don't stand up for things that are wrong. It just means that we need to stay centered on something. And that's what the men were coming up with. We need to stay centered. It doesn't mean that I'm sitting there just beating them and telling them they're wrong and they're a heretic and they're driving people to hell. That's not what this is about. So I go back to the simplicity. Well, do you know Jesus? Mm -hmm. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? So 2 Corinthians 11, 3 through 4 says, But I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through subtleness, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. We see the enemy already, <laughs> right? Yes. We see the enemy coming in saying, I got to confuse it up so that they'll stay divided because a divided kingdom falls. Yes. I've noticed that. I've noticed that even in my own life, the pattern that happens is when I'm focusing on the New Testament and when I'm focusing on the epistles, which are the letters I don't get very confused mm. because I'm reading them through a lens of what God did through Christ on the cross and it's laying it out mostly plainly, right? There's, but you can also cross check across letters. Everything's, you know, lining up and then I'll get to Jude, for example, <laughs> and it mentions the archangel Michael yeah. and it mentions Lucifer yes. and then bing, bam, boom, distraction because there's not a lot about them because that's not the point. Right. Or you end up in Revelation, bing, bam, boom, a lot of places you can get distracted. Old Testament, anytime <laughs> the Nephilim, distraction. Oh, snap. Okay? Don't bring up. <laughs> no, look, I'm, I, I'll say I'm pro-Nephilim, not in that I support them, but I believe that they were real. You know, I'm confident enough to put that out there. However, right, like, then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not even going to ask the questions because some people might be like, that's a good question, go, 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 and they're gone, right? They're gone. But when you start looking at, like, the people before the flood or, you know, mm. like, Th this, that anytime a demon got a ball, anytime, you know, anytime something that God doesn't spend a long time focusing on, anytime one of those comes up, there's a chance you might slip off right. and start Googling that thing. And then have you vetted the website or is there authoritarian language where they sound like they know what they're talking about enough to fool you into thinking or beguile mm. you into thinking that they must know because then they start quoting Apocrypha. Then they start quoting Freemasonry texts. Then they start quoting things from Gnosticism. Right. And maybe they're saying those things are not to be believed. Right. Right. But when you're just out there looking, you start digging and digging and depending on where you land, you end up with crazy conclusions that the Bible doesn't back up at all. And I'm not even saying maybe they're true or false. Maybe right. someone does guess right or come to the right conclusion, but what does it matter? Mm. Number one, like God clearly, God, the God that is infinitely wise concluded you don't need to know that right now. That's not the point. That's not gonna save no souls, right? What does it matter? And two, if you start going after those things, trusting those things, you're more likely to introduce additional false conclusions into your life that confuse you and make you start doubting the cross and Christ mm, because right. you don't know what has been put out there as a distraction that may seem harmless at first, but then the more you d dive in and try it out, the more you end up mm. in straight heresy culture 
And, you know, deconstruction, which is fine if you're reconstructing, starting with Christ and the cross. But if you just straight up don't believe any of it, you're not actually deconstructing. You were never a believer. You're looking for a reason to stay or go. The side that's bitter and hurt is the one that wins your heart and you Mm -hmm. go after them, you know, so it, it can be a very big mess. Oh, yeah, it can be huge. And, and, and that verse continues in four where, you know, and it's, it's talking about this, this mess, mm-hmm. right? It says, for he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, right? So no, <laughs> whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which we have not received, or another gospel, which we have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. And it's like, you sit there, and you, but it's out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's confusing. And, and it was cool as we've gone through this in two different seasons. Yes. <laughs> I did it early on and then she did it in the last few years. Yeah, it was where, like two or three years ago. It was during the podcast even yeah. that I was looking into it because of just biblical cosmology stuff and worldview stuff. And one of the places that seemed to be able to put a lot of pieces together, right? right? But they're Judaizers. Right. They are themselves not born in the Jewish faith and converted. So they're not Messianic Jews, but they are, I would just say Gentiles, right? They're right. Gentiles who came to Christ, started doubting Paul as being a legitimate disciple right. because they refused to be able to believe the simplicity that Christ paid for all of our sins. Mm. And they saw grace as cheap grace. Right. And that's a hard issue because that's one of the three reasons, and I think we should do an episode on this, the three reasons why the gospel is most offensive, right? One of the reasons is forgiveness. The idea, maybe you're really thankful God's gonna forgive you, but the idea he's gonna forgive that person that you think is so wicked and makes your stomach turn is so offensive, you now have to question if you read the gospel right, because you don't like the idea that person could be saved so simply, or that the person could be saved and then still sin and that makes their life, I don't know, easier than yours or something. So now you're bitter again. It's like very, it's very older brother and the prodigal son, right? Right. If you capture that heart, (laughs) then you start questioning. And now they're at the point where they're, they're participating in all of the Jewish holidays and they're participating in all the old Jewish laws. And they, they say that because Paul is like the best counter for that and his engagement with Peter, that he ain't even real. And I'm like, do you understand what you've just done? You have completely slapped God in the face that he cannot protect his word. Right. And that he clearly has misled the masses with his word. (laughs) That's where you end up when you have a small seed. Like, I don't think grace is that easy. Well, now guess what you've just Mm, done. Guess what you've just done. And it opens you up to not just that, but all kinds of things that are outside of the Bible. And one thing I've noticed when I'm in those moments where I'm like, could I be wrong? Cause they're like, read the sermon on Mount, which was to the Jews that right, didn't, right, right, and he right. hadn't died yet. You know? So it's like, they, they pit you right. and they're using scripture like Satan does against you. And they're, they themselves are blind while trying to please God. Yeah. Using improper hermeneutics. Yes. And it's, and so we really went, Oh, I want to go back on something. Though. Yeah. You're talking about like Michael and stuff. I got distracted with the donkey that talks. <laughs> Anyways, no, I'm just right? kidding. But, I, but it, well, no, because it led me down a road of the mysticism and the animals that talk. And anyways, long story short, but don't, we got to remember, it's fun. And it's fun. The Bible should be fun. And it should mm-hmm. be things that we look at. Yeah. Because there, look, it's not bad to something. look something. When someone tells you that something. you're going to be a God and have your own planet, 
Or if someone says, oh, well, you know, you control the angels or anything along that lines or that I have an angel that talks to me and tells me that this is not the direction to go. I got to go another direction. Mm -hmm. Well, then we need to be steeped in the word of God, knowing who these people are and how it works out. Read through it. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. But don't get down into a pit where you start forgetting the simplicity of it, mm-hmm. because the simplicity of it is what God told us to go out and share into the, all the world. Mm-hmm. It wasn't go out and talk about. And now let, let me let me just I want a, a caveat on this. We should have this knowledge, too. Yes. We should never sit there and say, well, well, only this is the part about because there's another group like that. I only need to talk about what Jesus says. And, and it's like, OK. But the bottom line to this is the gospel. It's moving forward and not overthinking it to say what we want it to say. You know, we have to be rooted in the scripture itself, like you did when you're correcting someone online or when you're correcting yourself, when you're holding yourself accountable. There's this analogy that we were talking about that I was playing off of you. I was like, this could this could work in the episode. It's this idea, is the word of God and the gospel, mm. is the gospel your anchor or just your starting point? And what I mean by that is, let's say your house is your starting point or a restaurant. Anything can be your starting point because you can go anywhere from that starting point. You just plug it into your GPS or you just decide to aimlessly walk, drive, fly or swim. You're going to get somewhere different. Mm. And there's no initial I mean, there's no necessary relationship to the place you just were. You can go anywhere. So if the Bible is your starting point, but that's it and you're not tied to it in any way, you can end up anywhere. That's how we've gotten some other religious practices that aren't that you know Christianity doesn't even claim and that's how a lot of the fringe ideas that are starting to pick up because of the internet have gotten here is because my home it sounds nice oh the bible's my home but i can go anywhere from my home doesn't it's not dictated by that mm. versus is the word of god your anchor mm. If the word of God is your anchor and you're tied to it you can only go so far you can only go as far as that rope lets you go and then you're going to feel a tug. And then also you can only go kind of like in this, you can go in a little circle around it. You're circling it, right? And the more you get firm in the word, I would say your rope shortens and you start getting less and less out there. And I think that a lot of denominations, that's kind of where we all sit. We all are anchored in the word, but have come to some different conclusions. And there's some people that are super fundamentalist in whatever they believe that say that when we talk about, you know, salvific issues and then secondary issues and tertiary issues that we're like just compromising. Right. right. Because we're allow we're, we're allowing conversations with people who don't completely agree on as many things as they've deemed important. But I think that that's very important because at least when we all agree on the gospel and who Jesus is and these basic tenets, you're anchored and you can stay within this area. And so that is the thing that I would say, if nothing else, like, OK, what do you keep in your pantry and what do you throw out? Well, you definitely need containers for the stuff you're containing in your pantry. Right. Like, I don't just say I need to keep flour in here and I just dump the flour loosely in the pantry. I have a container to contain the flour. And I think that that's what we need to have is containers before you decide to go off like some new converts. They want to maybe their family's Catholic, maybe their family's new age, maybe whatever. They're like, should I be studying that stuff? too so I know how to evangelize them and I'm like just focus mm. on the gospel honestly I would recommend focusing on from first Corinthians or actually I would say start in Romans from Romans to Jude camp there first 
right? <laughs> you know, because then you'll read the gospels kind of correctly, but you're getting the context of what the gospel actually is throughout the epistles from mm-hmm. people who have the Holy Spirit talking to other people that have the Holy Spirit after Christ died. Right. You get solidified there, then read the gospels and acts because now you have the history, you know, Jesus and you're not freaking out because he's talking to people that are not yet saved with the Holy Spirit, but right. it's still super relevant to us through the right lens. Then go back to the Old Testament, which can freak you out. And I've seen it over and over. It freaks people out if they, <laughs> and every time they're like, I'm reading Genesis because it's the beginning. I'm like, okay, then you should go <laughs> to <laughs> Romans and you should go to first and second Corinthians and Ephesians and Colossians. And, and you know, I'm like, and they're like, why should I skip all that? I'm like, cause it's 66 books. It's not one book that you read from beginning Mm. to end. You don't have to do that. Get your foundation, get Mm. your anchor. Be convinced that the gospel is true so that no matter where you go, you're not just off being deceived and being Mm. deceived by things that instantly counter the gospel. Yeah, because going back, when you see the interaction between Nathan and David, I'm gonna go there again, because it was a really good story because, hey, look, this dude believed in God, had God, and watch this. If you don't understand the implications of grace, mm-hmm. then you'll, you'll, you won't understand these stories that we see how God's grace continues. Right. It starts from the very beginning with Adam and Eve where he sacrifices an animal and then clothes them. Now he does lay down some rules. He says, well, now that you've done spoiled it, now you got to <laughs> go out and do something different. It's not going to be fun. Right. There's going to be all kinds of problems. You got problems with your garden. You got you have worms and rats uh, and mice and rabbits. That's, that's this year, by the way, y'all. Our, this year is Pray our, for us. Is, 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 is like we have, oh, the, the enemy has come against us now <laughs> with rabbits and deers and rats and mice and moles. I don't know, moles and, and anything else that could attack. Or is it a vole? I think it's a vole. Voles a vole, are small. But. Moles are like scary big. But but we 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 start to and we can get confused by all that, right? Yeah. See, all those things could come against us, and and yet we still have fruit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting, you know. We don't have the abundance of fruit, but we have fruit. And when we get to this, when we start looking at Nathan and David, right? When you start looking at Nathan and David, you see one very important aspect there. Nathan throws it on him. He's like, "Ah, eh, that's you." And David goes, oh, no. oh that's me. And, he goes, and he's like, <laughs> oh, Lord. And they, but he was like, Lord, help. And then Nathan comes back and says, the Lord has forgiven you. Right. Look, simple. Snap, snap, snap. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I like what you're saying because it's good to understand who's talking to who because mm-hmm. the Gospels can get a little confusing because of who he's talking to. Right. And really all he's talking to in the Gospels is here I am. Mm-hmm. Wait. The king you've been waiting on, mm-hmm. the kingdom, and proving that, you've that been, they actually need him because they're right. not good based on what they've done. <laughs> right, the kingdom you've been waiting on, the king is standing right here in front of you, mm-hmm. and that is the conversation that's taking place. Mm-hmm. And he's going around performing miracles, and he's showing his omnipotent power. You have to understand that, and you have to understand why he's coming. Mm-hmm. And then watch this, the mystery. Now, let me tell y'all something about mysteries in your pantry. Usually the mystery doesn't start in your pantry. It ends up in the refrigerator after you let it sit in there for a couple (laughs) of weeks. In the pantry. 
everything's it's not, mostly it's, shelf it's, stable. It's, it's shelf stable. You got your herbs, your spices. It, unless yeah. your pants, you're crazy. And then some canned food in there, which I'm, I'm not a fan of canned, but we have it. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, we use that up as necessary. There's no mystery there. But there's a good point with your mystery. Right. There's right. a good point right. with your mystery because <laughs> if you can't figure the mystery out quickly, mm. you don't mess with it. You throw yeah, it out. Yeah, go. And you say, that's okay. <laughs> I'll buy some more. You don't, oh, I'll risk it. No, no you uh-uh. don't do that unless you're starved and we're not starved. Right. <laughs> and I like that. Like, guys, don't do that. Back in my younger days when I didn't have a lot of money, I was like, mm, I can push I it. I still don't have a lot of money now, but now I'm, more, I'm wiser. And I'm, mean, like, yeah. I'm like, if it smelled even a little off, I'm like, what was that? No, never mind. <laughs> That was something that was in our fridge that somebody made, and it was it was okay. He threw my delicious oh, mix away. I'm sorry, Re- because it looked gross. Friend, our, we just had her on, Rebecca. No, it was Rebecca, and it was the broth, oh, and I didn't know she put vinegar. So apple here's cider where I vinegar. She, yeah, because that's actually healthy, and it helps you. But this man, I'm like, I, when I smelled, and it, I said, wait, it smells kind of sour, and it's broth. I'm like, something wrong. Down the sink I was it so goes. mad. I was and like, it, stay it, out of the refrigerator forever. <laughs> Never throw anything away. So there away. are some good points to knowing what's in your fridge, yes. too. So what's in your pantry? What's yes. in your fridge? Yes. How it all plays out. <laughs> and like you said, if it smells a little off and you know it ain't supposed to, out throw it, it out. goes. Throw yes. it out. The yes. mystery was simple. Right. It was what I've been talking about. Mm-hmm. The whole mystery that has been talked about throughout the Bible has come to fruition. You know, people still, I got to find out the mysteries, those numbers in Revelation. And then they forget, they get caught up over this way. And they forget about the gospel. But Jesus came. The mystery was this, 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 this Jesus, the Jesus, the king. He was coming. Right. And then he came and he's he and he's here now. You know, he, he was there the whole time. I say like in the in the in, in the presentation that was the mystery. There's going to be a kingdom, a king. He's mm-hmm. going to he's going to come. He's going to save. He's going to save people. Right. Mm-hmm. He came to save the world, not to condemn it, but he came to save it. The mystery. Mm-hmm. And when I live in that mystery, when I live in the gospel mystery, whew, my heart like like nothing really impacts me like it used yeah. to. Like someone comes against something that I say and I'm like, cool. Peace that passes, right. surpasses understanding. Yes, yes. You know, it's funny because the world, a new age, esoteric, you know, Illuminati, any way you want to name it, right? The people <laughs> who are addicted to knowledge. So one, there's a study that came out recently that has shown now that they can kind of codify brainwaves, which is a whole other topic, but they're getting really well acquainted with brain signals because, you know, when they want to turn people into cyborgs with AI, they're going to need to know that stuff. Oh. So they've learned that people pursue knowledge, the pursuit and drive to have more knowledge is actually the same brain code for the pursuit of more money. Mm. And so you see it as riches. Now in the word, wisdom is riches. But what did we learn from Solomon? He prayed for the wisdom to take care of his people. But you also can see that somewhere along the line, he stopped just pursuing godly wisdom. And he started pursuing the quote unquote wisdom from all the witch women that he married from all of these other esoteric cult-like religions. And so he had all these witch women, and I'm gonna call them witch women, (laughs) in his harem as well as as official wives teaching him all kinds of stuff. And so to this day, many of the esoteric 
books, like the ancient texts that they consult are allude to him, give him praises, give him credit as mm. the one who was able to compile all this terrible demonic knowledge. Thanks, Solomon. Right. So what we can know is that godly wisdom, there is no limit. There is no law against pursuing his godly wisdom. But where do you find it? Mm. You find it in his word. And in Ephesians three, it's saying, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you, Gentiles, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Mystery solved is there, the mystery. And so people who have this desire, this new age drive, it is new age. It's a very fleshy drive to keep digging and finding more, hopefully, you know, like I said, to get that dopamine release, to get that money, money accumulation vibe. It's a reward. It's it's a reward for your brain. It's food for your brain. And yet when you pursue it too much in these fringe areas, just because they sound interesting and just because, you know, maybe there's fewer Bible verses on them, you're starting to pursue mysteries that were not necessarily meant to know right now. And yet at the same time, we have the ability in 1 Corinthians 13 to one day have mm. all of the knowledge we could ever mm. need. And we, and he gave us what we need to know to survive right. now. Right. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse eight, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Mm. What does he spend all the time talking about in the Bible, y'all? He talks about love because it's important now. <laughs> and he says in verse nine, now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. No matter how much digging you look into, no matter how many witchcraft books you read to learn more about the devil, doesn't matter because right now it's gonna be partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. You will not have this knowledge yet. Then verse 10, but when the time of perfection comes, mm these partial things will become useless. Why will they be useless? Because you'll have all the knowledge you'll ever need, all the knowledge that is actually true, that is actually relevant and actually valuable, you will have it all one day. And if you don't even have down, and I, and I know I don't, if you don't have down what it's like to walk in the love of Christ, if you don't know how to accept and receive, if you don't know how to boil noodles and make a boiled egg and can tell the difference between sugar and salt, you have no business trying to make souffle. You have no business trying to make the world's next masterpiece no one's ever tasted or seen before out of your pantry ingredients. If you can't even make a non-lumpy cake, du- cake batter, right? And if you don't know the difference between batter and dough, what are you doing? So get focused on what the fruit of the spirit is get focused on what his word actually is telling you in context and then if you have mastered all that then by all means go hunt down them nephilim and tell me about it because i'll trust you a little more if you're that masterful of all these things god actually tells us to spend our time on she'll she'll trust you on the nephilim (laughs) 
if you walking around unable, unable to hold anything against somebody, although I don't, I'll, I, I'll at least entertain you when you say you've learned something. Although new. I do know the Nephilim existed, so there you go. The <laughs> Bible says right, they right, did, right, so right, they so did. Case go. closed. Done. Because watch this, and, and going to your analogy about a lumpy cake. If you end up with a lumpy cake, what do you do? You go back to the basics. And you try to figure out, why did I have a lumpy cake? Put what the flour pro- in what, too fast. What process did I do <laughs> that, that brought a lumpy cake? Right. Um, why did my cupcakes fall? You go back to the basics. Why did my souffle fall? Well, maybe the kid ran through the house because souffles are right. touchy. They're touchy. <laughs> but no, I, I think what you said is just is very imperative and we can close out on that because mm-hmm. I think that when we look at this and, and wh- I'm going to say this, look, have joy. Yes. Be happy. Have fun. Tell a joke. <laughs> you know, like like take a joke. Like, like take a joke. Be able um, to handle a joke. And 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 look, love God. Don't disrespect God. You know, honor God. And, and but more importantly, you know, at the end of the day, it's love, 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 love that matters lasts first. Forever. Yes. You know, it's, it's like, hey, you can have all of these, but if you don't have love, mm-hmm. then then what does it even mean? Mm-hmm. And so, look, don't get caught going down pipelines of mm-hmm. I'm watch this I think the worst pipelines just real quick is as I round this out, right? Are the ones that aren't in the Bible. <laughs> oh heavens. Right? Like the ones <laughs> that, that that like, okay, this person said this and it really has nothing to do with it, but it has something to do with it because, well, it's out there, right? But those pipelines can go deep and dark and you get lost and then you need somebody to walk in alongside of you and say hey hey, gospel did it happen to me it happened to her and where did we come back to the simplicity yes that's what gives us the joy so remember y'all have containers for what's in your pantry and throw out the things that smell funny so until (laughs) next time Bye. bye Thanks for listening. The Pantry Podcast is also honored to be featured on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Spark Media on Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.